somewhere in the Houston Midtown area. It's the Sit Down with Slick Vic. Welcome everyone, it's the Sit Down with Slick Vic. It's your boy Slick Vic. Joined today by a special guest, an old friend and a uh, second timer. Um, he would have been the first, but he got here a little bit too late. Uh, Y'all know Clayton was the first on the second timer club, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ivan Lorenzo Vega Cheeseman, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, good to be here. Uh, good evening, everybody. All of uh, all of the faithful following. It's good to be here. It's always good to be with you, my man, Vic. How are well, you this evening? I'm good, man. I, you know, this is uh, my favorite time of uh, of the day. You know, getting off of work. Mm, yes. You know, my favorite part of the day. <laughs> um, and you know, now I'm here doing what I like to do. Um, just kind of shoot the shit with somebody. You know, you've had a pretty interesting um, adjustment recently, right? What, what's, what's been going on with you? I know you've uh, had some big changes in the, the Casa de Queso. Oh, yeah. Um, adjustments. Mm. The adjustment's kind of still happening. So I'm just, uh, so this adjustment is just this uh, transitory uh, existence now where I am. Uh, where I'm always traveling, I'm always moving uh, between uh, Brownwood, Texas, and and, uh, and my beloved Houston, Texas, where uh, where where my home is. And uh, for the people, you know, I know what's going on, but what's going on in Brownwood? Oh well, Brownwood, Brownwood. Well, <clears throat> um, so I imagine I'm probably uh, following a similar trend that's going on around the country. Uh, you know, I've I've uh, I've read a lot about a, a urban flight recently, and uh, so once COVID hit, I kind of uh, there were a lot of very scary projections for the restaurant industry that there'd be a thirty percent shutdown uh, overall. Uh, they, and the industry has been just irreversibly uh, beaten and 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 struck down since COVID and, and we're a resilient lot cooks and, and chefs and, and restaurateurs. We, we are accustomed to, to, uh, you know, cyclical, uh, wins and losses as you go along, as you're, as you too are well aware, having formerly been from the industry and now having transitioned to it. Very, very good. Very well, uh, very well done. <laughs> uh, Right on the cusp of all this of all this madness. Yeah, you know, I, I had to make a move, man. I just, uh, you know, and that's actually, it's funny you say that because I was actually about to say, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you have a little bit of, you're a little bit, a little scared, right? To I mean, to, to still continue on this path. I, I think I'm sure changing careers has, has crossed your mind. Which yeah, I, Which absolutely. I imagine would be difficult now that, you're really starting to see some, you know, some real, you know, some real fruit, right? I mean, from, from yeah, all those years yeah. of labor. So there's, uh, you know, there's always going to, I guess, you know, there's probably always going to be a trade-off in, in this kind of an industry. But uh, but uh, I'm a part of a really, uh, really awesome outfit uh, out in Brownwood, Texas. It's called the Turtle Restaurant. Uh, owners, Mary Stanley and David Stanley. And... Uh, uh, it's a it's pretty rare that you're going to find an environment where uh, the owners uh, care as much as they do, and 
and uh, and just create an environment for success as much as these people do. Uh, so I was given this uh, opportunity by a mentor friend of mine, and uh, and uh, they needed uh, they needed some help to get past uh, the holiday periods, which are always going to be uh, you know a little more demanding. And they were working with the skeleton crew out there. Uh, so one of the best things about, uh, uh, when things are going well, anyway, when things are going good, one of the best things about this industry is that you see, uh, you see growth, you see improvement, you see, you see, uh, your, uh, your positive impact, your negative impact just as easily, but, uh, you see all of these things happen very quickly. So, uh, we, we've had, we've had some wins and it's been fun. It's been a whole lot of fun. And then, and then there's, and then there's the, the midnight drive home where I got to get, where I got to get home to, to Houston. And, uh, it's, it's a tug of war right now. We're not sure what we're going to do. Uh, my, my wife has a very successful career here in Houston, uh, in the financial sector. And, I am you're you're actually uh you're fortunate that we are in Texas because if like you're in California you you're you're shut down. So a lot of states or New you're York. Shut, New York you're shut down. Yeah. So you're not shut down. You're you know, you're still creating. Um what is it that you would for example, if you did have to transition to something else, what do you think you would miss the most? Uh Aside from that growth, um, aside from that consistent growth, uh, also the, and I guess this is part of the growth, the learning, like, uh, you're constantly learning, uh, there's so many different kinds of chefs and there's so many different specializations and you, you can go your whole career, you know, just on seeing one side of it. And, uh, I've been making a lot of pasta and a lot of bread recently, and that's been a whole lot of fun. And, and learning about like the chemistry of of baking and and baking is uh uh so much uh you have to be so precise as well as be able to adapt to the environment that is affecting your uh your your doughs or your cultures uh and this is called like reading the dough and you know humidity and your climate can affect that and and so that's been that's a that's a blast and just this constant stimulation uh that happens when you love something and if you're a naturally curious person and you seek out people who are better than you you're it's very easy to to keep your attention in this industry well you know it's uh what do you think about this you know right now the vaccine's rolling out you know so that definitely will help out the industry right you got the vaccine rolling out are you somebody who's like, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's get that going? Or, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're we're uh, you know, we we we. I like to think that you and I specifically are rational people, and we have we put our faith in science and reason. And uh, 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 I get you know, I guess I'd like to maybe not be you know, first in line. Uh, but, uh, there's definitely a lot more important people than me who need it. And, uh, so, 
Um, but yeah, of course, of course, Vic. What about you? Would you get it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> but I mean, not immediately. Um, I think I would wait. You know, right now it's already released in the UK. Um, shipments are coming in into Houston, which are supposed to be dispersed uh, this week. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, ha it's happening. So, um, I feel like as long as it's above like 90 something percent, I'm good. I'm sure there's going to be some people that, you know, that die or just, you know, something terrible happens. It's terrible. Allergic reactions or yeah, like. It's just terrible. Yeah. Their head explodes. Just, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it's, it's, it's for the best to do it. Um, and hopefully enough people will take it and it can get the, uh, infection rate, you know, down to the point where, you know, the industry like, you know, like you're in is able to, is, is able to make a comeback. Yeah, yeah, and, and we will, and we will. Uh, you know, that's part of the, uh, you know, part of the benefit of going out to a, a smaller town is 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 just the the less dense population. If you, everyone is following, uh, you know, rule uh, the CDC guidelines and and just having general empathy and consideration for one another, then there can be a relative amount of safety. Um, also. Uh, I don't know. Did you, I was listening to some NPR today and I heard, uh, uh, Melinda Gates talking about how like all of the richest countries are purchasing up like all the vaccines and, uh, Canada, for example, has five times their, the, what they need for their population. Uh, and the, and there's, and she warns that what this will cause is, uh, these hotbeds in the poor areas that are, that will still create waves of infection throughout the recovery process. Uh, any thoughts? So, yeah, that's Melinda Gates, the wife of Bill Gates, which is the third richest person in the world, something like that, top five. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you got all this money. Why don't you just make some more? Or, or just, <laughs> let's, let's get it done. Like, what, well, you got two companies who are cranking them out. Um, I know they have the right, they have money, a lot of money. If you allocate it to the right people, it, let's get it going. You know, it, this is, uh, at the end of the day, money talks and uh, they can get more vaccines and, and they will, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. I think uh, once the guinea pigs in the UK, you know, once we see the, 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 the numbers and the research, then we'll crank things up. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen with the anti-maskers, if they'll be anti-vaxxers then. And, or I wonder where the overlap will be with the uh, uh, with uh, anyone with just general distrust for the government. I think at the end of the day, there's this big um, belief by people that you just can't trust the government, like you were saying earlier. Oh, that's crazy. You know, do you did you hear about the 126 Republicans, uh, uh, congressmen who are siding with Trump uh, to that to overturn the results of our legitimate election and to disenfranchise hundreds of thousands of voters? 
Yeah, you know, I heard about that. You know, I've heard a lot of things about what they're trying to do. Um, you know, it's sad that it comes to that, but I I understand it. I understand what's happening because I I feel that if the shoe was reversed, that it would be, you know, Biden would do the same. You know, maybe not the same way, maybe not handle himself that in that manner, but the pro the the paperwork that gets filed in court would be very similar because it was that close. Well, I don't think it was that close. I think you it, have to remember Gore versus Bush. What was the that one? Well, that went all the way to, to the Supreme Court. I think that one was much closer than this. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the overall. I'm talking about the states, like the individual states, which ultimately affected the electoral college. Yeah, but it was like 306 electoral college votes for Biden and whatever 220 something well, for Trump. Look, I I I know what what it is. I I'm, I'm I believe you. But some <laughs> apparently some states were close enough for them to be like, "Hey, you know, and they were cheating, but there's not enough evidence for the cheating. That's why everything's getting dismissed." Yeah, no, I don't think that there were there I don't know. I might be wrong. There might have been some that were kind of close, but I'm pretty sure it was just Trump calling, trying to make trying to make some juju happen. I think everybody was everyone was pretty scared uh, of the of the electoral judges turning for Trump, and that strategy didn't go anywhere. Uh, and thank God, you know. Um, I'm sure we'll see in our generation the envelope get pushed even further by someone a lot smarter, a lot more charismatic than that orange lump of shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever, Democrat or Republican, I'm, I'm sure it's around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like transit, being a transitory person, you are sedentary, you are... You are in the same place. Your roots are, you ha You just got a house. You just had your kid. I mean, what the, what's been going on? I'm, what's up with that? What's COVID like with that? I mean, it's, it's the way it's, you know, it's no different than, I guess it's a little bit different because of the kid, but I mean, you have to take the proper precautions, you know, you have to do a lot of extra work to make sure that you know your baby doesn't get covid and die you really have to oh, God. <laughs> why are you laughing i'm not <laughs> i think you are that's what it sounds like sorry keep going um yeah i mean so and i, I think now you know you go out you go to the store you go anywhere everyone's wearing a mask I mean, you do have a couple of the chin straps and um, the people that want to let just the nose hang out. You know, I don't understand it, but whatever. You know, there's there's not as much as those as there is people wearing masks. So I do I do definitely feel a lot safer. Um, you know, we go to the store, we do things like that. Um, the only thing that gets affected mainly is is like gatherings not being able to attend um, events or, you know, things you want to do. Yeah. I mean, like when a baby is first, 
when a baby comes to a family pre-COVID, like everyone's there to hold him and touch him and and coo over him. And yeah, none of that's happening here. Yeah, none of that is happening. Um, very minimal contact with the baby. Obviously, you got the grandparents that get some type of access, um, but that's it. You know, I still have a good amount of family members that haven't even seen the baby. So it's tough, man. It's 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 tough. You know, it's 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 something that I feel is going to end soon. I I do believe the vaccine is going to make a difference, and I believe that we're going to be able to, you know, just go out and and feel safe. Because oh, you see what happened in New Zealand. Uh, the claim oh, to be virus-free. Virus-free. Opened up shop. Exactly like the way it was before. No vaccine? No nothing? Just... Mass gatherings. No masks. Nothing. Damn. They're like, you did good. Have at it. Have some fun, everyone. <laughs> but nobody can go in. Go inside? Yeah. There's no indoor? No, I mean, nobody, no... Outside, oh wow, you can't visit. Isn't it crazy? This trade off we've made of not shutting down anything. So, yeah, they did like a March, April, they did a shutdown, um, where you couldn't leave your house. Everybody had it was a hard shutdown for like a couple weeks, and then they did like a second phase where you could only go out for like essentials, people had to wear masks, and then third phase i forgot what it is and then finally there's no more cases for two weeks and boom let's go wow they're still urging texas to take more precautions to uh, prevent gatherings texas does not give a fuck that's the bottom line this Um, is true i know people um you know they post it who are who are having mass Parties, mass, Jesus. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 people. This is Texas. Some of these parties are happening at a house. Some of these parties are happening, um, I guess, at clubs. I don't know. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's the government has allowed this to happen here in Texas. And, I mean, it, it sucks, but... I don't know. I, I kind of feel like you just got to kind of take it. There's no other way but to accept it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I have recently had several members of my family contract COVID. And they take precautions. They avoid uh, mass gatherings, but their profession as educators has made them exposed, I guess, by these little petri dish babies carrying around all asymptomatic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, and I guess that that is all calculated. I guess that's all expected, anticipated. I guess that's acceptable loss. We reached uh, 300,000 today in COVID deaths. That's, uh, that's more than uh, World War II. Nine months. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely wasn't handled correctly across the globe. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the government dropped the ball. There's no, there's no other way of putting it. I mean, I agree that there would have been a lot of deaths regardless, but with the proper precautions, the deaths would have been uh, dramatically decreased. And right now, we would be moving towards like opening back up. Yes, yes, indeed, we would. And what about in the, what about in your new industry, Vic? Was there has there been like a, I feel like there's been this overall awareness that remote work is more uh, is something that is more and more accessible. Is has that reflected? Uh, have you seen that reflected in your industry? Yeah, the the IT industry is booming. Um, the people are working from home and still up. I mean, I haven't seen the numbers, but it looks like companies are shifting to allowing their employees to work from home. So I'm assuming that their productivity productivity is remaining, you know, constant, if not improved. So I saw, go ahead. I saw an interesting fact about uh, this about COVID's reduction uh, for profitability in mass transit. So they're projecting mass transit to be slowly, or I guess retarded, like phased out a little bit, uh, which will further encourage remote work. No, I mean, you know, COVID is definitely encouraging the remote work. And I mean, that's the most important factor. So right now the government and most companies are really concentrating on building an infrastructure that allows that type of data to be transmitted. That's a lot of data going from all these people home, all these people's homes into the company servers and all that. It's like it gets a little complicated, but um, yeah. So that that industry is, is booming. There is a lot of demand for it. Most people are not very computer savvy, so you do need people to guide them and to help them navigate them through the technology and. How it's now being, uh, you know, infused with our everyday life. An educator of a sort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's funny you say that today. Um, and, I, you know, usually this is not the case with my job, but um, I was dealing with, with, with the elderly. You know, mm. this, this woman was old and she was, she was also sick. Um, so she was like super scared of COVID and so she worked from home and she had this new laptop that we gave her to use, but you know, she didn't know how to use it. So she, cause she was using her personal computer from home ever since she left in, you know, in March cause of COVID. And so basically we're on the phone and it's just very difficult to try to navigate her by telling her, oh, click on this, click on that. And then she's like, oh, it says this. Oh, I don't know. So I was like, you know what? No, then she was like, you know what? Hey, what if I I live close? What if I came by and dropped it off? I was like, perfect. So she just came by and just dropped it off. And, and it was great. But I mean, usually I can just remote into somebody else's computer. But they have to know how to use their computer for me to do that. And she, you know, she could not, but it's okay. Cause I took care of it. That's what we do, Vic. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny because my company has a department that specializes in AI, right? AI technology. Uh, we just acquired a company. I'm not going to say the name because I don't think I've said where I work. So I'll keep that anonymous. But, That's good. So we acquired a company that has AI in linking text messaging to ordering food from this business, right? Um, because there's, you know, most people say, well, why don't they get an app, right? Sure. Website. Because that costs money. This is like a small mom and pop place. And everybody texts. So this system is designed for you to be, to, to text very, very fast and simple. It kind of recognizes who you are, what you normally get, what you like. Like if it figures stuff out. And um, I mean, that's where everything's kind of moving towards, which will eliminate a lot of like bullshit. Nah, I'm not going to say bullshit jobs, but. <laughs> <laughs> I actually well, know exactly what you're <laughs> referencing. If you, if you look up uh, uh, White Castle Burgers, they have like an almost like, they, they already have one shop like this where everything's automated. And it's just robots doing. Now, let me ask you this. You brought it up. White Castle which was established as kind of a restaurant of sorts. They create, you know, cook burgers, these little small burgers. I don't know how the original one was, but I'm assuming it was more like on the grill, more more of an art form, right? <laughs> so now, it, it's you know, fast forward, it's being run by robots. And, you know, that's a business that, you know, that you're a part of. So do you feel threatened by being replaced by robots. Um, well, listen. There's always going to be aspects of uh, of a job that are that are a little menial, and you know may not always have the most security. But if you, once again, like as I was referencing earlier, if you have some curiosity and you're able to learn, this industry rewards leadership and and uh, you know determination and. Well, hold on, hold on. And consistency. I asked you if you were threatened by robots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, I'm not oh, threatened okay. by robots, but I see their threat to my colleagues, or not colleagues. <laughs> we, oh, to my, no, no, to no, no, my, no. no. I, that, you, you read my mind. How would you feel working with a robot, or a, a, a sous chef robot, where you could just be like, hey, hey, Hank. I need an order of, you know, I need three steaks, medium rare. I need you know, some fries, you know, steak fries, so, you know, um, saute with onions and mushrooms. And he could do all of that. There's, How would you feel about that? There, there's, and it was um, all perfect. There's, uh, there, I forget the, I forget the exact reference, but it's like the, it's like the fucking, the tripped out valley or something, where basically. Uh, robot. If a robot is made too humanoid, it it freaks out the human brain. And there's like there's theories about how uh, we have this mechanism in our in our head in our brains because uh, when we when we saw other hominids and because we there was we once walked in a world with like 35 species of hominids and and, and it was to our evolutionary advantage to have an instinct to kill them. I think that that kind of applies here with 
hyper advanced robotic technologies, I think I would eventually have to to kill Hank. (laughs) 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 But no, as long as the robots are basically just some shit that I can program, then I'm not too threatened. If we get to, if we get to, to Hank, like producing a bunch of IP and, and, you know, trading in Bitcoin and, uh, you know, well, that's, that's the fear, (laughs) right? That's, that the robot eventually becomes basically well, I, and that's the I, this is what I think will happen first because it's already <laughs> it's already happening right, and that's people are like, oh, robots getting so smart. I'm like, no, it's when robots fuse with humans. That's the threat. That's the threat because huh. then you have people who are able to blend you know fuse with cyborgs so they're like they can run fast or like they're in, in a contraption that allows them to do all this but crazy they would stuff. they would be among us and they can they can uh process uh you know data at a very rapid pace because their minds can plug into you know the the net and just it's it'll be crazy it's already in the works you know i saw an article today i feel that probably is going to fit into all this somehow. And it's probably, it's one of those things like that that wouldn't even be on the radar until like the Terminator just comes back in time to warn you about it. But, uh, I, I, it was just a little blip, like a popular science thing where there are cyber, they, they've come up with a cybernetic material or uh, sorry, a a rope, uh, a programmable, respondable, like robotic material that is 90% liquid. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That is very crazy. Yeah. So I've talked about this um, a little bit in the podcast, but you are a member of the Quad. Oh, um, yes. Oh. I don't know if I've ever said that name on the air. Oh. But, you know... <laughs> And that's just you know um, you know a couple of my friends you know you know cheese being one of them um, we've known each other all of us for what 20, 20 years plus I think at least twenty one now and uh, what we do is we like to do a weekly Zoom um, which usually goes roughly three to four hours if not longer I usually have to go I'm sure y'all go out go keep going sometimes yeah yeah absolutely. Um... But uh, yeah, uh, it's a Zoom call where we also uh, have a review of of a book that we read. Yes, we are doing a book club. Um, <laughs> Bolivar, Simon Bolivar. Yes, um, we're we're reading that book, but and I, I definitely encourage reading. Reading is awesome, but mm-hmm. without getting into that, the reason I bring it up is more importantly for. I think more of the mental health, more of a good for the soul type of outcomes that have come out of being a part of this, uh, what we call the quad, this this brotherhood. Um, because we've always been close, but for whatever reason, we, lim- we, we only talked, you know, we never did like a group, you know, talk like that or even a group text or anything for, I don't even know why, like when we, when we started doing it, we're like, why haven't we been doing this? <laughs> but, um, it's a pretty awesome thing. All hail the quad. What has ended up happening from that is, is just, I think it's grown. You know, I think from the initial, 
you know, hey, let's let's do this. But actually, it was it was before it was a book club. It was just what was it a thread or? Yeah, it was just kind of a weekly check in on on everybody for like the first couple of uh, the like the first month of COVID. Whose idea was it to do the Zoom? I don't know if there was an idea or as much as something that kind of organically sprang up, but uh, probably Sunil Nadnon. And wasn't the initial one like not just them, right? Wasn't there other people? Yeah, there was like 12 people on the first call. <laughs> but uh, as we as we began a cycle of uh, one-on-one tournament-style hand-to-hand combat, we eventually whittled down to four members, the current quad. Yes, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's important to talk about just the – I don't know about you, but for me, you know um, – it's 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 not just about that, you know, three four hours a week. It's about it's about the imminent final battle between all four of us <laughs> to create the single. Um, <laughs> you can you know we we can reach out to each other at any point during the day during the night. Um, I remember uh, the emergency meeting. Mm. Um. Where everybody just you know jumped on the call. I mean, it's. I think it's something special. I think, uh, and I don't think that people don't have it because they you know we're fortunate. Yeah, I think we're fortunate in a way, but I, I think people just need to reach out. People need to be open to it. People need to realize that hey, I mean, only two of us are in the same state. No, three of us, but I mean, only two of us are in the same city. So we are communicating over the internet right yeah yeah and it's great and i think people need to embrace the technology um yes it's going to be better when we have the holograms i know (laughs) i know it's going to be better you know and i think they already have the technology to where like you can like control another like a robot or another being to do stuff but that's when you blend that avatar yeah <laughs> exactly so that's going to happen eventually so we're not there yet though mm. but with what you got now it works yeah you know i'm right there with you vic this thing has been uh and honestly when i de- when i describe it to other people i i, I even say it's probably 30 percent book club and 70 percent like mental health check and uh and and that, I mean that in the best way because COVID, just like with uh, with taking with having to sacrifice keeping the economy going for having a uh, a strong, physically present, familial uh, family structure, something like this still connecting with our minds, still connecting, you know, visually, and uh, and exchanging our ideas and and uh and just opening up maybe even because of the unorthodox nature of of this medium of communication with each other like like we said we've never really done this before maybe that's even helped a little bit in and in, in being in having some openness you know what this reminds me of a little bit i mean obviously the difference of having the video aspect of it but do i mean i remember when we were on aim you know, Elwell and Messenger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was hot fire back then. You know, um, 
Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of back and forth on that. And definitely you can have the, the chat rooms where yeah, everybody's yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, the chat room is like the original group text when you think yeah. about it, right? I'm also thinking of like the just uh, indecipherable grammar of, of that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, AIM, what, what was I comparing it to? Uh, you were comparing AIM to Zoom. You're saying Zoom is the aim, the aim of today. Oh, Let, no, no, let's no, hope no, it has a better outcome. No, 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 that's not. I was saying that <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of it, but because of how we we used it to, I guess it was because the way we used it to kind of form our bond, you know, us four. I remember. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I remember like I, I'm trying to think if I can even think off off all the all the uh, the screen names. I think uh, you were. Uh, I can't think of. Um, um, no, something, something, uh, queso, right? No, I, I was there. Was uh, <laughs> there I know Samir was great sax anytime. <laughs> great sax anytime because he plays the saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he likes the sax. I, I get it. I think I was before the green. Oh yeah, you yeah. like Weezer. Yeah. Not bad. Um <laughs> I can't remember Adnan. I remember uh Sunil reaching out to me because we had just like we had just become acquainted with each other in a class and and uh some girl I had asked out, like had like uh he had asked out and she was like into him. I was like, Hey man. And he was just, and he just like reached out and it was, we laughed about it because I think we had a similar moment during COVID that, that I think he, there was a little deja vu where he was just like, Hey man, <laughs> and like, Hey buddy, I <laughs> uh, love you, Sunil. Love you, Adnan. Love the quad, man. Shit's been so healthy for my brain. Very healthy for my brain as well. You know, so if you're somebody who, you know, is watching you know, binge watching Netflix or, you know, Hulu, HBO Max, whatever streaming service you're using to not spend time talking to your loved ones, then that then you need to refocus. Yeah, take a second, make a Zoom, do a Skype. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, especially like with FaceTime, uh, with you know the people, the older people who. You know who are very scared as they should be because they're they're compromised. So, and you know they're trying to figure it out. Oh, how do you how do you do the Zoom? How do you gotta do Zoom? <laughs> the, guys, so you, the guys show them how to do do the Zoom. Yeah. So, but you show them how to do it, and they know how to do it, and then they can see you, and they're like, "Wow, this might be the last time I see him because they're old." Yeah, yeah, a lot of heavy themes. Uh, you know, since you said it, uh, there was. There's this group of old ladies the other day that had come into the restaurant and uh, and I, one of them had just had said like, uh, you know what would be so nice today to just have a hug and a kiss. And you know what, Vic? I felt her. Oh, she was talking to you or what? No. She was, ta <laughs> <laughs> she, she was talking to her, to her, to her, uh, to the, her other um, breakfast uh, buddies there. <laughs> but uh but yeah man i felt that i felt that oh i've i've you know that hit me uh, i don't know if i've ever mentioned it but i remember it <laughs> it hit me one day it, i don't even 
it was supposed to be March, April, May. It was probably like June or July. So, you know, a couple months into the lockdown. And uh, I was outside on the patio. This is when I was still at the apartment. And, uh, you know, it was uh, my neighbors were out there. It was uh, Greg and, and Daniel, my downstairs neighbor. There, we were all sitting, uh, talking on the patio, you know, just shooting the shit. I forgot what we were talking about. I was like, I think I was talking something about like, oh, Pornhub was free or something. Like Pornhub was doing like free. Somebody brought it up and uh, they were like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I guess there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people jacking off right now. Like if you, (laughs) and I was, and and they kind of, because I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I had, you know, girls so at, at home all the time, so I didn't have to really do that. Sure, um, sure. But the other two guys at that point in time were two single guys, and yeah. so I'm like, you know, I remember the hurricane when that shit hit. I was single, and uh, you know, we're not gonna say what happened, but like he owed you some money. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, you know. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was pretty hilarious, you know, um, that, yeah, that is something that that has gone up. I'm during. sure that's a thing. Yeah, I'm sure that's a thing. Increased uh, COVID beaten off. Increased COVID beaten off, increased, uh, I guess, any anything anything you can think of that is addictive got enhanced, right? Huh. That's any- actually an interesting point. You think about Oregon legalizing everything during COVID? Um, I think it is difficult to answer <laughs> because, just to be clear, <laughs> um, by everything, like everything, everything, heroin, cocaine, heroin, crack, yeah, everything, and and uh, I think just you know whatever possession charges would be. There's still distribution. Just if you get caught with with just you know the perso, the perso, small amounts. Yeah, you're fine. Um, I mean, you're fine, fine. Nothing, nothing. Like they just no yeah, rehab, no rehab, nothing. No, you're good. No rehab. No, sit it out. So maybe the first one you can do a slap on the wrist, but <laughs> um, especially like you said, it's just for somebody who has a problem. Um, then yeah, you try to get treatment. I think that's the most important thing is treatment. Yeah. Um, then we kind of caught, got, went off track. What were we talking about before? The, we were talking about some COVID jerking off. No. Pornhub. No. After uh, that. Streaming, uh, streaming consciousness is Ivan's mind. He's talking. He's still talking. And streaming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Uh, you got me big, <laughs> but mostly I guess about how COVID has impacted personal relationships and, uh, isolation has, uh, has created, uh, an increase in, in oh, and, personal and, satisfaction in addictions, or, or the increase of addictions. I, I don't know if, if that issue has been addressed or or what like i i think it's going to get swept under the rug just like the whole narrative of not you know being healthy and eating right like no one talks about stuff like that 
um, because it's not good for the economy. All these companies would lose money. <laughs> You're saying that they're not telling people to be healthy during COVID because to be healthy in general because burgers and fucking yes and, and no healthcare is more profitable. <laughs> of course, er, everything is done because there's a bottom line. I mean, there any any way you break it break it down, it comes down to well, how does that affect my money? Mm, yeah, yeah, I heard. So, um, yeah, I, I heard a, a, a phrase recently that rang true, and it's um, uh, this was from someone who voted uh, Democrat, who voted um, to get Trump out of office. But they were saying you can't help but have an element of a, of con, of a, uh, a conservative viewpoint on things if you're a business owner, if you own property. So... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the bottom line. Uh, even even if you have like uh, views on justice and and you know social issues, uh, no one's trying to be a paragon. It's there's going to be self preservation in so much of uh, which is unfortunate in a lot of ways. I think uh, uh, a little altruism could benefit a, our society right now, but that'll always be branded as you know some radical. Type shit. <clears throat> I mean, so where where do you, what do you, what's your prediction about where will we will be? Let's say the summertime. Um. Well, I I want to be optimistic, and I want to say that a democratic administration is going to see the benefits of uh, expanding uh, social programs. Uh, to incentivize, uh, well, to first of all to help heal from this, from this, from this plague, and uh, and allow Americans to have a an element of stability, and then after that's been, uh, that's probably where we'll be by the summer. But uh, hopefully after that we'll see some incentivization for for uh for local industry uh some support for it that we haven't seen with the republican administration <clears throat> which is ironic because uh you would think that the people who vote this way would 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 recognize that as well um but there hasn't been any help from the federal government for small businesses uh and there hasn't been there's been very little that local uh local powers can do to help local businesses without that federal support. So hopefully we'll see that with the, with the democratic administration and uh, hopefully we'll see an encourage uh, a more encouraging environment for domestic uh, domestic businesses. And, um, and then, and then we'll go from there and then I'm sure it'll just be, it'll be a tug of war. Hopefully we'll see some, some, uh, some shifts uh, occur with, um, with uh, gerrymandering and the electoral college and and whatever happens with the outcome of the census case that's going that's uh, they got pushed back by the supreme court but uh a lot there's a lot of moving pieces i see trump uh staying as a as a, a political uh as a political influence over the republican party as well as some some new radicalized uh version of whatever a conservative Republican is. I consider myself conservative, but 
I don't, I don't see anything that aligns with the Republican Party in my belief system. Uh, what I want to conserve is our uh, is a legacy for our children. I want to conserve. Uh, I, uh, I want I want equity to be open for for people uh, who don't have those opportunities as well and won't unless education reform happens. Uh, I want to conserve American values and the American dream, which is so uh, hard to attain. And and that promise is supposed to exist. Uh, in the food industry, and that requires so much work from all of us. Um, Guy Fiari has done more work than Congress to help people in our industry. And uh, it's going to take a lot of innovation and endurance and a recognition of the mistakes that have been made. Are you saying you're running for office? Right here, right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, don't talk about it. Be about it. No, no, I'm not running for office. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm chefing out in, in Brownwood in a small community <clears throat> that uh, that is it's in a scratch kitchen with a lot of integrity, and it's it's fun to that's that's enough for me right now. Okay, that's cool. I mean, you know, one step at a time, one step at a time. <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit more about that. About the, it's called the turtle, right? Yeah, yeah, the turtle. Um, Mary Stanley and David Stanley opened it up uh, 17, 18 years ago. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of things. Uh, it's a enoteca, which is a wine library, and uh, she has excellent wines from so many regions all around the world, and uh, she has created an environment. <clears throat> with uh that that uh that best frames these wonderful wines with great food and uh, a great staff and uh even uh gelato and espresso for after your meal yeah i looked i looked at the website man the food looks amazing thank you yeah it's great one day i will have to pay uh yeah, visit. Is it, is it on the way from Houston to Austin? Is it on the way? Do I got to make a detour? Huh? It's more like on the way. It's more like on the way from uh, Austin to Dallas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I have family in Dallas. So I can do the, I can do the double header. <laughs> and um, we'd love to have you, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, to, to me, when you, hear, when I hear that, that means on the house folks. So I think that I think uh well you know we'll come in me and, and probably the wife and the kid well not the current wife but the future wife and the kid and uh definitely enjoy a nice meal by uh chef cheeseman over here. Yeah, yeah, please, please, we insist. Um how has it been though when now now you you go from the big city from the hustle and bustle um, from traffic, from downtown living, um, to the population, what, 80 or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like 18,000. 18,000. Um, yeah. So a high school stadium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Elsick and Hastings, yeah. Uh, but yeah. how is that? Like, is that a, a big change? or? Yeah, what? yeah, it's a huge change. Uh, but... Um, there are a few restaurants that I've had the pleasure of, of being in the sphere of. 
that have had uh, a real impact on their community. And, uh, and that, and, uh, that was uh, uh, Southern Goods and with Lyle Bento and uh, Indigo with uh, Johnny Rhodes. And you really felt uh, their presence and, and what they meant to the community. Well, uh, Mary Stanley, uh, everything, uh, so many of her decisions, so many of her interactions, they're, they're motivated and, uh, and they're uh, in, in tandem with the community. And it's really nice. Uh, it's, it's a it's a really unique and uh, an awesome environment to be in, where where you can be a part of a business that is so ingrained in the uh, in the in the local community. So that's new. It's unique. It's exciting. What what's the, what are the people like? Are the people people the same or are they more down to earth or it's texas vic it's we're te- we're texas people you know there's uh <clears throat> there we 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 go all over the spectrum in t- terms of our ideas and the way that we you know what we like though we 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 like we like our space we like the ability to to make some of our own decisions many of our own decisions and uh and we like our guns we do like our guns we, um, we love them do you do you love them <laughs> I do, I do. So you are. Let me ask you this: um, Are you? Do you consider yourself, I guess, like a pro gun guy? Then you are okay with everybody having assault rifles, or well, let me put it to you maybe like just this: just handguns or something. With, with let me put it to you like this: I'm not gonna. I don't want to, you know, open this can of worms here. But let me tell you, <laughs> let me put it to you like this: There was a time uh, when the Tommy gun was legal. To tote around on the streets. Yes. And uh, and the Chicago, federal government. The, the mobsters had those. Yeah. And the federal government made a, a perfectly rational and sane call to uh, to remove that right. And I think that was a pretty damn good decision. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you definitely have to find a way to kind of make things reasonable you yeah know? And they still had all every other fucking myriad of gun available i don't think that i think the uzi was uh wasn't made illegal until the early 90s um i would assume before that but i could be mistaken I'm not a big gun guy um i don't know i feel like in that particular issue i think it's it, the thing that always baffles me but i understand it is it always comes down to with like you know it's it's my right this is this is our right and people need to understand that those rights aren't always the same they're fluid throughout history so just like in the past you had the right to own another human being you know the right no longer exists so you have to understand there are certain rights that you will lose because it's for the better of humanity. And that is what people have to understand. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm, all, I'm so down with the social contract. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this is the kicker. Unfortunately, I don't think people are willing to do... do they would think, oh, the government's going to, you know, if we don't have guns, the government's going to have guns, and, you know, they will control us. We can't, 
you know, we're out of there, which, which in a way is true. But I just think the more important thing is that people get this, this inherit that they, they get taught this, this belief from their parents and from their environment. And once that happens, this idea is just engraved in their mind. There's no way, no matter what type of evidence you show them, that they're going to change it. Yeah, so we are in some weird age where we have access to all the information in the world. And there's so much information that we can tailor exactly what we want to hear. And and we tell ourselves it's multiple news sources when it's all telling, giving you the same idea. And you feel like a goddamn genius, even though this is the first time you fucking held a full conversation with multiple ideas that just happen to not be yours. This is a crazy age. <clears throat> Ridiculous age. Ridiculous age. Yeah. Which is why you got to read, which is, you know, why it's not a bad idea to have uh, a group of friends to call to check you on your bullshit. And uh, and have and encourage yourself to be in an environment of different ideas because if you're if you're just hearing the same ideas getting cycled back to you in support of what you're doing, then then you're probably a part of some bullshit. I agree. I agree. Well, folks, um, I have to go and because uh, we're doing this show on location, we're from Casa de Queso. I think I mentioned that earlier. So. Yeah, we're getting kicked out. Well, f- <laughs> thanks for... Uh, you yeah, always, that was some good old-fashioned fun. You always seem to amaze me on how much ridiculousness you can produce in a short period of time. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, you have a good one. Good night. <laughs>